I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. Welcome back. I got my drink in my hand. And yes. I'm ready. I know. I don't have anything with me because I'm telling the story. It, well, it's canned wine again. It is canned wine. It's delightful. I've had so many people tell me, like my friends that listen to this, when I see them, they're like, I've, I've got to try this canned wine that you speak of. <laughs> and I'm like, you should. So Barefoot, please sponsor us. Please do. We, I feel like we're bringing people to canned wine. We are. They are leaving the boxes behind. They're moving to cans. And they're opening. They're popping a couple tops. It's in the section at the um, grocery store I go to. The sign above it says, Convenient Wines. It's very convenient. And it's convenient. very convenient. It is very. This, indeed. It's and great. it's only 150 calories. It's great. It's like a spritzer. So currently tonight, I've had 300 calories because so it's, it's my second. Well, plus all the pizza we have. Yeah. Yeah, you, know. you you came again. We had pizza. Yeah, we have pizza. We have yeah. other snacks. Yeah, we have canned wine. Seems like what we kind of do every time, except usually we do Olive Garden. So we, we switched it up this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. We tried to make it a little more convenient. Yeah, yeah, it so was, was helpful. It's been a long week. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> May need something a little stronger than this here, right? So I understand that you have a famous story this time. I do. Um, this week and we're gonna hop right into it i don't think we have much business yeah so our more famous case this week is that of skylar niece okay and this is a west virginia case and i did look up where um she lived because i really had never thought of this case as an appalachian case um so i did kind of like google map like the town and it does run along the appalachian like mountain region that interesting most people use okay. so i was really surprised <laughs> most people most use. people use they look at it um but yeah i was surprised that i never really connected this one with appalachia hmm. i guess because it's so much farther north than where we are so yeah. i just never really thought about it that way and what area is this this is in west virginia um this is like the star city area okay. which i don't know i can't really give you a lot of landmarks because i don't really like, know like beckley wheeling uh, kind of area don't know okay that was not helpful but thank it was you. not helpful. it's called star city star city okay i'll look you, it up you google map that while i start I'll do this it. shebang you do it okay so skylar niece was 16 years old when she went missing from her star city home in west virginia and I'm going to tell this story. So those of you who know this story, which if you've been listening to other True Crime podcasts, a lot of other ones have covered it, probably do a whole lot better of a job than I'm going to do. But it's a little, I'm telling this in a little bit different way than it's normally told because Holly doesn't know this case. I don't. So I'm going to, we're going to go kind of, kind of crazy here. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she went missing when she was 16 from her Star City home, West Virginia. Skylar was born on February 10th, 1996. So she's about my age. Yeah. She's actually a year older than I am. Wow. Because I was born in 97. Holly nope. hates this game. No comment. <laughs> me, me too, you guys. <laughs> yes. So she was born in 1996. Her parents were Mary and David Niece. 
And they describe Skylar as, you know, this bubbly kid, super smart, compassionate, and stubborn. <laughs> On the morning of July 6th, Skylar's parents left for work. And the night before, Skylar had come home around 10 p.m. after finishing her shift at Wendy's. She told her parents goodnight and that she loved them and she went to bed. The next day, her dad, Dave, came home around midday to drop off the car uh, so that Skylar could take it to work at Wendy's that afternoon. And when he got home, he realized that Skylar still wasn't up. Like, she wasn't moving around the house. So it's the summer, so, you know, kids, kids sleep, sleep in, in. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I did. I loved Well, and it's probably one in. of those parents, like, ugh. I gotta go up and get her up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I'm sure he's a little annoyed. Like, why are you not up? Exactly. He checked her door and it was locked from the inside. Uh, he then noticed that her window was open. So I guess he kind of went out, I guess maybe went outside to like look and see where she, maybe she was outside or something, which would be weird because her door was locked. But he went outside, noticed the window was open and there was a bench pushed up against the house. So immediately he's thinking, Holy shit, she snuck out. Yeah. Like, I'm pissed. And then I'm sure the panic set in when he realized, oh my god, she didn't come back. Like, if her door's still locked, she didn't come back. Yeah. His first call was actually to Skylar's best friend since the second grade, Sheila Eddy. Uh, Sheila told Dave that, you know, yes, she had talked to Skylar around midnight the night before, but had not heard from her since. And right after Skylar's mom got home, the manager from Wendy's called and asked where Skylar was. So I'm thinking her dad um, and her mom were thinking, okay, well, maybe she, like, snuck out and was, like, with with a friend or, you know, with a boy and, you know, as 16-year-olds do. And then, you know, she went to work and she'd be back after work. So when the Wendy's manager calls and is like, hey, where's she at? They really start to freak out. At this point, the nieces decided they needed to call the police. After calling the police, the phone rang. It was Sheila again. Skylar's best friend. Sheila had called back to confess to the nieces that, okay, yes, she had actually seen Skylar that night. Sheila told them that she and their other friend, Rachel, had picked Skylar up in her car around 11 p.m. that night to go for a joyride. But then they had dropped Skylar back off at midnight so she could sneak back into her house. Sheila and her mother, Tara, actually drove over to the niece's apartment to help them search for Skylar. They went, you know, house to house on either side of the street, asking anyone if they had seen Skylar. Mary then remembered... Oh my God, the apartment building just had security cameras put in. The building manager took them to the security room and played the tape starting um, after midnight to see what had happened to Skylar after she'd been dropped off. Because they're thinking, okay, well, she was dropped off around midnight. You know, at this point we can see, did she sneak back out? Like, what happened? You know, did somebody else come and pick her up? Like, I mean, you know, teens are... We've both worked with teens. <laughs> we both were teens. We both were teens. I never snuck out as a teen. Probably no. Just no comment. No. <laughs> no. I was I'm, not... I'm an angel. Yes. Totally. 
at 12.31 in the morning, they saw Skylar get into a parked car on Fairfield Street. So they verified she did come home and then got into a parked car. Well, they started, you know, after they looked at this footage, you know, at midnight because they knew she had come home. They had no reason, you know, not to think that she hadn't. Right. So she comes back out, gets into this car. It was super grainy, so they couldn't tell much about the car. The landlord thought it was an SUV, though. And her friend Sheila drove like a like a car. Like, gotcha. a, like a sedan Honda or something. Car type situation. Yeah, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> so they thought it was an SUV. Super grainy, so they couldn't really tell that much about it. After the police saw the video, they suggested to Skylar's parents that they wait a few days to see if she turned up. Because, you know, obviously she went willingly into right. this car. So but to any parent, that's a horrible thing to hear. It is. And the police at this point are thinking, oh, she probably just ran away. Which yeah. is usually what they're thinking. And I hate that mm-hmm. so much. The Star City Police Department did assign an officer to ca- the case, though, after a few days when Skylar had not turned up. Jessica Colbank was assigned to the case, and pretty quickly the FBI actually got involved because they thought her case was linked to another missing person's case, uh, that of Aaliyah Lunsford, who I don't know a whole lot about. I want to dive into that one. It turns out they weren't actually related. These okay, cases gotcha. don't end up being related. But that's why the FBI got involved so quickly. Um, FBI Morgan Spurlock joined up with Colbank. And the two got to work talking to uh, Skylar's family and friends right away. So on July 9th, they're talking to Sheila again. Because at this point, her and Rachel the last were the one last to see her, people yeah. to see Skylar. Um, and, you know, she told them, you know, same thing she told them the day they found out that Skylar was missing. That she had picked up Skylar, went for a joyride with her friend Rachel, and then she dropped Skylar back off. So she's like, you know, we've been through this. Dropped her off. I, I don't know from there what happened. Right. The next day, Colbank called Rachel, who had not heard about Skylar's disappearance, which was kind of confusing because she was there. But Rachel actually had left for church camp on July 7th, which was a couple days after okay. this. Um, but she had spent July 6th on Cheat Lake with her mother and her mother's friend. So she wasn't. She didn't have yeah, she, like a cell phone. Right, she she okay, wasn't gotcha. around. Rachel was supposed to come in for an interview when she got back from camp, which was like a two-week camp or something. Wow. Like church camp, Jesus camp. I don't know. <laughs> but she never went in for her interview. Oh, um, that's weird. Yeah, which is weird. But at the same time, at this point, if she had like talked to, I don't know if she had talked to a lawyer or anything, but they're probably going to be like, hey, don't go in involuntarily for anything. And which is kind of smart. It is, but it also looks also like you're guilty. Six, yeah, it's like she's 16. Like, just go talk to them. Yeah. She, she did eventually talk to them. Um, when Colbeck finally got to interview Rachel, you know, she told them same story. She and Sheila picked up Skylar. They went for a joyride, dropped Skylar back off at home. Now, Colbeck thought, well, that was a little weird because the stories are like kind of the exact same. Like it's rehearsed. Almost like it's rehearsed. But there really wasn't any reason to be suspicious of either girl. So they just let, you know, let them go home and continue their lives. At this point, Skylar is considered a runaway. 
because she got into that car willingly. The state police would not put out an Amber Alert because um, Amber Alerts were only for children who had been abducted at the time. Thankfully, that law has um, since been changed in a large part due to Skylar's family. That's awesome. So that that law... Because missing is missing. Now it's missing is missing. And Good. And Amber Alerts would... Nowadays, if this had happened, an Amber Alert would have gone out for her. Good. Skylar's family and friends, of course, did not believe that she had run away. Um, Skylar only took her cell phone with her. Uh, when she left that night, she didn't take her contacts. Uh, she didn't take her phone charger. She didn't have money, any other so clothes. So clearly, this was like a short, I'm probably going to be back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the the whole idea, uh, we'll later find out, you know, they went out to, these kids went out to smoke weed. So, like, I mean, obviously, they're not telling the police that right away. Like, hey, we went out to smoke weed. They're like, oh, that's what the girls ride. were doing. Yeah, that's what the girls okay. were going out to do. Gotcha. So... And then she went to Bible camp. And then she went to church camp. You That's know, so funny. it's whatever, whatever. <laughs> so the higher, the closer to Jesus. Hey, you know. That's right. But yeah, she didn't take anything with her. And she left that window open and the bench outside so she could sneak back in. Right. So she was planning She's, on She was going to come back. back. Was yeah. Like, okay. Now on August 16th, school starts. Skylar is still nowhere to be found. Corporal Ronnie Gaskins and Trooper Chris Berry of state police had been investigating some bank robberies that had happened in the near neighboring town of Blacksville. Stay with me here. We're on bank robberies now, but it ties in in a minute. Okay. <laughs> one bank was robbed about a week before Skylar went missing. And then there was another one week after. At one point, they bring in the brother of one of the bank robbers thinking that he might know where Skylar was. Because his older brother had dated Sheila, so then he would have known Skylar. Wow, that's... Yeah, just oh, take all that in. a lot of confusion there. And I don't know. Okay. I think they're thinking maybe she went off with this bank robbing group. I think, though, it's a real leap. To be like yeah. some bank robber, which is a very specific category of thief, mm-hmm. to all of a sudden jump to kidnapper, maybe murder. We don't know. Like that's that's a big. Well, thing. I think they were thinking that maybe she went with the bank robber guy to like gotcha. go rob some banks. Like now she's involved with the bank robbers. First, I smoke weed. Now I'm robbing. Now banks. I'm robbing banks. That's, wow. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, this uh, went nowhere. Really? <laughs> what? But the brother did actually remain a person of interest throughout the whole case. Interesting. Okay. Which, I mean, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Same. So now here's where it starts to get crazy. Oh, crazier? Okay. Crazier. Because now is when the police think, uh, you know what we should do? We should probably back that security tape on up. And make sure that Sheila and Rachel actually picked up Skylar when they said they did. Because hmm. nobody's done that yet. Nobody's like gone back and checked. I probably would have. You were leaning into it and I was trying to get, stop you from going in that direction okay. right at the beginning. But okay. you were like immediately thinking like, so she was dropped off at that time? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, she was. Because I thought the police were thinking. All like, right. of course she was. 
I appreciate that. But they're like, wait a minute. You know, we we should have listened to Holly. Probably should go back and you know just dot her eyes and cross her t's, make sure yeah. this timeline matches up. Well, it turns out Sheila's never seen picking up Skylar at 11 p.m. The FBI would later enhance that video and would see that the vehicle picking up Skylar was not actually an SUV, but was actually the same make and model of car that Sheila drove. At this point, a warrant was issued to seize all means of electronic communications from Sheila and Rachel. So now this timeline's off. Bummer about that Jesus camp for next year. So we're now kind of getting into some, like, ooh, it's not looking great for Sheila and Rachel right now. Throughout the investigation, Sheila's doing everything in her power to stay involved, learn what the police knew. Sheila was involved with handing out the missing persons flyers. She went over to Skylar's house regularly to visit her parents. She even went up to Skylar's room and cried on her bed loudly so that the whole house would hear her. Meanwhile, Rachel wants nothing to do with the investigation. She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to be around it. She doesn't want to be involved in any way, shape, or form. She didn't go see Skylar's parents. She didn't. She's not talking about it. She's like, nope. Don't well, she doesn't want to go in to be interviewed initially. There right. are all these things. She's claiming, oh, I didn't even know about it. I was I was on the lake, and I was at Jesus Camp, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just... Yeah, she was not involved. Oh, geez. At school, rumors are flying. Of course. Many people, including the police, are now starting to think that maybe the three girls, you know, they had gone out to smoke weed or party... And maybe someone had something a little bit stronger than weed with them. And maybe something went wrong and Skylar overdosed. The other girls panicked and then they left her somewhere. So this is kind of the working theory that we're going off of right now. The the police is mine. Not my theory. Hold on to that. Okay. Thought. Damn, I'm good. Rumors grow stronger. (laughs) So do the attacks on Sheila and Rachel. They were taunted and harassed in school and on social media. Because now everybody's thinking, like, y'all left your friend in a dangerous situation. Yeah. Like, you guys went somewhere. Something happened to her. You left her and you didn't tell anybody. And at this point, they don't have enough evidence to arrest them. No, no, they have nothing. Okay. Um, And at this point, Skylar's still missing. Right. Like, they don't have anything to yeah. prove that anything even happened to her. It's true. So, it's just kind of this weird thing. Sheila, though, didn't really seem to care that they were being harassed, though. Um, okay. She often referred to the FBI agents as her buds. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, they're my, they're my buds, or just, you know, trying to find Skylar. So she's not worried at all about, like, anything that they think that she might have done or didn't do or was involved this in. This feels so narcissistic. Oh, yeah, hold on to that, too. Um, Rachel, on the other hand, was not doing well. I could see that. Rachel's hardcore struggling. Well, she appears to have much more of a conscience. Yeah. Let's back up for a minute, and we're going to talk about this relationship between Rachel, Sheila, and Skylar. Because that's three, and that's just never a great 
number of girls. No, because I feel the there's a lot of jealousy and yeah, yeah, yeah. teen girl stuff. So Skylar met Sheila Eddy at a community center in Morgantown when the two were in the second grade. So these girls have been friends since second grade. Wow. Uh, They were fast friends as they were both only children and they had a lot in common. Um, Sheila actually lived about 20 miles away in another town. So they didn't go to the same school at the time. Sheila's father was disabled and not able to work. Um, Her parents divorced in 2000 and Sheila actually moved to Morgantown at that point and this meant that she and Skylar were going to be going to the same high school together for freshman year at university high school Sheila and Skylar were both pretty popular Sheila especially with the boys so she kind of had this like was pretty open about her sexuality was you know I don't want to say made friends fast but, like, knew how to get people to like her. Right, Kind right. of thing. During freshman year, they met um, another new girl named Rachel Schof. Schof? Rachel Schof. Rachel was also an only child and quickly became friends with Skylar and Sheila. Now, Rachel was very religious, hence Jesus camp. Um, <laughs> she had attended the St. Francis Catholic School before she moved to University High School. Uh, As the three girls started to hang out more, they also started to get into more trouble. Uh, I mean, pretty much the typical teen stuff, though. Drinking, smoking weed, missing curfew, that kind of thing. Like, not stuff that you normally would be, like... I mean, you're alarmed, but you're not, like, super alarmed. Right. I mean, it's kind of a rite of passage in a way. Yeah. So it's not really something that, like, they're being sent Nothing they would be sent to, like, prison for. Right. Oh, you snuck out. Yeah, or, like, being... They weren't, like, being arrested. They weren't stealing things or... Right. You know, that kind of thing. Friends and family of both Skylar and Rachel later said that Sheila was the bad influence on the other two. And some of Skylar's other friends actually stopped hanging out with her when she was around Sheila. Skylar's friends said that Sheila was often mean and controlling. Um, however, Skylar really looked up to Sheila and wanted to be more like her. Because she was, you know, the cool girl. Yeah. You want to be like the cool girls. Uh, so Skylar was not going to drop Sheila as a friend. They were ride or die. Mm. Now, newcomer Rachel really had no outward reason to be friends with Sheila. Um, Rachel was the new girl in school. She was pretty. She was already getting to be kind of popular. You know, I think she had some money. So she really didn't need Sheila Mm -hmm. to be popular. But, you know, they clicked. They clicked. Maybe Sheila thought in that way she needed Rachel. Right. Maybe. Uh, Rachel joining the group, though, did cause a real shift in the group dynamics. And when sophomore year came around, things really started to change. Uh, during a sleepover, Skylar actually saw uh, Rachel and Sheila having sex. Which, like... That'll change it. Not at a friend sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe not the time or the place. <laughs> I mean, I've never gone to a sleepover and be like, oh, hey, you guys, you want some pop? Oh, no. <laughs> that just never... 
have corn. No, no popcorn. Okay, I'll just, I'll just turn around and be sorry about that. Let me just close this door back. That was that's not the kind of sleepovers you're going to. I not anymore. No, <laughs> no, I've never been to a sleepover where especially um, at sixteen. Where you're like going to hang out with your girlfriends, you're in your fuzzy PJs. And my bunny slippers. Like ready to watch a movie. They're like, hey you guys, I just put in my retainer. Do you want to watch Bambi? Oh, oh no. Lord. No, 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 no. No, that's wow. <laughs> I did not expect that. That kind of <laughs> hit you right out of the left Whoa. field there. Um yeah, so this obviously causes a shift. And a rift. And a rift. It does cause a rift, yes. Yeah. Sheila and Skylar, you know, got into an argument about the event, and that's kind of when the divide began. And probably a lot of, like, Sheila denying, like, it didn't happen, or... Yeah, and just kind of one of those, like... I mean, from everything that I read, and she... I don't think Skylar would have been upset that her friend was, you know, dating a girl. Oh, no, I don't think it was that. I think it was that, oh, I thought we were friends, all friends. This yeah, is, this is like, now weird. now you're in a relationship? Yeah, like, why didn't I now, know that? Yeah, yeah this yeah. is now kind of odd. Yeah. This is a weird totally. dynamic. So, Rachel and Sheila, you know, started to get even closer, obviously. Well, and that happens, typically. Skylar often felt left out in, like, a third wheel mm. to them. But, at the same time, you know... A tricycle. Rachel and Sheila both also had boyfriends. So, so were they just in the closet and because of society they had boyfriends? Were they bisexual? I think it was, was probably it? more of that. And okay. just like more, you know, experimenting. teens experimenting. Gotcha. And, you know, that kind of thing. So Sheila and Rachel, which is so like... 16 year old not even 16 this feels very like 13 year old they would match outfits to wear to school and not include skylar so mean so but it's like petty mm-hmm. and mean and it's mm-hmm. just not like don't be a bitch we're together we don't need you stop being bitches yeah i don't like that so yeah like i said both sheila and skylar not skylar sheila and rachel uh, had boyfriends, and they were both sexually active at the time. Skylar was not. She didn't have a boyfriend. She's, you know, not, a, you know, that we know of. She's not having sex. And the They're other like, girls, which is, like, the mature thing to do, way to go, Skylar. Um, but these other girls, you know, they looked at her like she was the immature one. Skylar was immature, and she was, like, the kid sister. And, like, oh, we have to invite her. Innocent. Yeah, kind of thing. Which, like... Listen... I want my child to be like that. Right? Yep. That's Innocent. what you want. I want him in fuzzy PJs watching Bambi. With his retainer. With his retainer at 16. <laughs> be like, oh, hey mom, I gotta sit. <laughs> I mean, maybe not that dorky, but still. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, okay, so Skylar and Sheila would get into fights on Twitter, Ugh. which is like my, I mean, I'm technically I'd be like the same age as Skylar. Yeah. So that was like my You'd be getting into childhood Twitter like Twitter fates. Yeah. I didn't get into Twitter fates, but I remember them happening. Ours are more like Facebook fights though. 
Like you'd see people get into like <laughs> fights on Facebook, and I was always real confused about that. I was like, but why just call them? Like, but I was always one of those like in a, like a lurker in the comments, like reading all the stuff. Like this is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know that's happening they're getting into order fights they were real nasty and for the world to see too and yeah that's the thing and what's crazy is that this was such like the on the like when this was social media was like a really booming kind right, of thing right. you can go back and see all these tweets which is crazy to me yeah. to like see them all um but, you know, the girls would still kind of hang out. So they're still trying to, like, try to make the relationship work, I guess. And Skylar and Sheila actually went on a beach trip together to Myrtle Beach, which I guess their families did together, like, every year. Gotcha. Um, That'd be awkward. It was super awkward because they spent the entire trip arguing. And this brings us, you know, close to when Skylar went missing. Not long after this trip. Right, right, right. Okay. So, back to the investigation. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so we're back into the investigation. Skylar's missing. Rachel, really struggling hard with her mental health at this point, which really pisses off Sheila. (laughs) Once the police um, had the cell phone records, they were able to place the girls near Blacksville that night and know that Skylar had been texting the girls when she was supposed to be out joyriding. So now they know the timeline's, like, off because she's texting them about, like, going out to smoke weed and all this when they're supposed to already be out Gotcha. So doing this has this. not happened yet. Right. Okay. So it just confirms that was the car she got in mm-hmm. after midnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, when authorities talk to Rachel again, Rachel changes her story. How convenient. Rachel's story now is that, yes, they did go joyriding, but they had actually gone to Brave, which is, I think, another town nearby. I think all these towns are, like, really close together. Uh, They went to Brave and had got out of the car to hang out in the woods, so got out to smoke but weed. nothing is good when you hang out in the no, woods don't hang out nothing good comes from that nothing good happens in the woods at night don't nope. do that no um rachel said that skylar had run off into the woods and that she and sheila had not been able to find skylar after that so they left <sighs> but you know here's the thing if she runs off in the woods, that's when you go to somebody and say, oh my gosh, we can't find my friend. She ran off into the woods. That's what you do. Yeah. So that's why the story does not make sense. Yeah. Well, and that's what the police are thinking too. They're thinking, yeah, they went out into these woods. Something happened to her. You know, she there was an accident. She fell. She OD'd. They killed her. Whatever. Something happened and they left her out there. So, they then talk to Sheila again. So, Sheila changes her story now to match Rachel's. So, now they have the same story again. Oh, yeah, she ran off in the woods. We couldn't find her. We came back. Sorry. We didn't tell you. <laughs> we forgot about that little piece. Dagnabbit. Yeah. At this point, the police are like, what the hell? And they bring in Sheila for a polygraph. She fails. 
Not shocking. Rachel was supposed to meet with her attorney to go take that polygraph. But on the way there, she jumped out of her car and ran to Tara's office. Who is Sheila's mom? Okay, why? I don't know. And nobody really knows why. Was she hurt? No, she just like was like, I'm not taking this polygraph and hopped out the car. Like, out of the moving vehicle, like, tucked and rolled it. Lawyer's and just, driving, and she just... Just... Boop. Oh, because that doesn't look guilty. Right. At all. Right. So. Oh my God. <laughs> on December 16th, Skylar's mom posted this long message on Facebook, where she detailed the steps that the police were taking to find Skylar. She also specifically called out Rachel and Sheila for lying. And said point blank that Skylar might have been murdered. Whoa. So Mary's like not having it at this point. Good for her. She's like calling out people. Which, I mean, get it, Mary. That's right. Rachel continues to decline mentally. And her parents decide, you know, we need to keep her away from Sheila. Because things is not good. Rachel's parents had been divorced, and she often used her dad's place as a way to get away from her mom, who was, you know, she often fought with her, um, said her mom was really strict, probably enforced a lot of rules, which, you know, Rachel probably needed. Yeah. Um, And when she was with her dad, she was able to see Sheila more, probably get away with more stuff. Well, Rachel's parents decided, um, enough of this, and her dad actually moved back in with her mom, which, like way to go parenting yeah um which caused rachel to completely break down because now she's not getting an escape from her mom she's not gonna get to see sheila something happened out in those woods and she's just freaking out at this point because she her conscience is getting conscience is getting to her yep yeah she's losing it she um they actually had been like on a trip or something and it come back and she saw her dad's car in the driveway and knew like oh crap dad's back i don't have an outlet anymore so she gets out of the car and runs around the neighborhood screaming they eventually get her to come inside where she gets into a physical fight with her mother and then locks herself in her room um meanwhile threatening to kill herself at this point rachel's mom is like what the hell? And calls the police and says, um, please help. Rachel was then taken to and admitted to Chestnut Ridge, which is a like, psychiatric treatment facility. Sheila got super nervous at this point because Rachel had actually FaceTimed Sheila during the whole event. Of her running around screaming and... Like, it's just weird. It's weird. It's all weird. It's all weird. So at this point, Sheila's thinking, you know, whatever happened, whatever they were covering up was about to come out. Yeah. Rachel only spent five days in the hospital when she was released. Her parents immediately, like, picked her up from the psych hospital and immediately drove her to her attorney's office for an interview with Gaskins. Wow. And to take her polygraph. So they were like, we ain't having her talking to it's Sheila. About time. We're going straight to do this thing. They wanted to take her you know, directly from there so that Sheila didn't have a chance to talk to Rachel. Mm-hmm. 
Now, they only got a few questions into the interview when Rachel said, We stabbed her. The police are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. Back that on up. Because they really, at this point, thought that Rachel was going to tell them that Skylar had OD'd. That she had overdosed. And that they had left her in the woods somewhere. That's the theory the police were thinking. That's not where my head went. That's, you know, the logical place where their mind was of, like, you know, these are teens. They panicked and left their friend. Like, it sucks. It's horrific. It's horrible. It's tragic. That's what happened. They were not thinking, like, these two 16-year-old girls stabbed their best friend. So Rachel's talking. Good. It's about time. Rachel confessed that she and Sheila had taken Skylar out on a back road near Brave with the promise of going out to smoke weed. When they got to the road and pulled off, all three girls got out of the car. Sheila and Rachel asked Skylar if she would go back to the car and get a lighter. When Skylar turned around, the girls counted to three out loud and then attacked Skylar with knives. Skylar was able to grab one of the knives and she actually cut Rachel on her ankle, uh, but she was then subdued and stabbed multiple times. The two then stood over Skylar as she died. Rachel said that the only thing that Skylar said while she lay there dying was, why? Her best friends took her into the woods and stabbed her to death. And for what? Were they scared that she would give away their relationship? Oh, no. The only motive that uh, Rachel could give was, we just didn't like her anymore. <sighs> Girls, this is when you use your words and you say things like, I just don't think we need to be friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's not hang out. Mm-mm. Stabbing is never the answer. No. But this is something these girls had been planning. For how long? Months. They had been planning this. That Myrtle Beach trip was spring break. From spring break, when Sheila got back, she told Rachel, she's got to go. All through school, the rest of school, A teacher even comes forward later and says, I heard them talking about how to get rid of a body. Now, the teacher didn't say anything because this was forensic science class that they were in when this was happening. So it wasn't really off topic. To be fair, I've heard you talk about this before. (laughs) I mean, I'm not stabbing anyone. No, you're just (laughs) merely talking in the hypothetical. But honestly, uh, I... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I know it was forensic science class, but I would have probably been like, hey, girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Skylar ended up being stabbed over 50 times. 50 times. That's anger. 50 times. The most horrific detail, and I'm like cringing as I'm thinking about it. When Skylar got up to run away, the reason she was subdued is because one of the girls stabbed her in the knee. Mm. In the knee. And then just, like, tackled her 
to the ground and continued to stab her. 50 times. And then stood over her dying body. Absolutely horrific. After they were sure that Skylar was dead, they went back to the trunk of the car and got the shovels that they had brought with them and went to try to bury Skylar. However, these idiots did not realize where they were and know that the ground was too rocky. So they put Skylar just off, you know, to the side, covered her with brush and rocks and sticks, went down to the river or to this little creek that ran through there to wash the blood off and went home like nothing happened. Went about living their lives. Rachel went to the lake with friends, with her family the next she day. She went to Jesus camp. And then went to Jesus camp because you can apparently pray away murdering someone. Don't think so. I don't I, think that's how that works. That's not how that works there, Rachel. I don't think so. Don't think that's how that God's works. God's always watching. Yeah. I don't think Jesus is like, I mean, yeah, you went to Jesus camp, so now all's forgiven. Well, and, and you do have to wonder because, again, she has much more of a conscience than her friend Rachel, mm-hmm. obviously. She so this has just yes. probably been eating away f- at her mm-hmm. from the b- very beginning. Yeah. So after this confession, police had Rachel take them out to where they had put Skylar. However, it had snowed and Rachel couldn't find where Skylar's body was. So that meant they would have to wait until the snow melted before they could find her body. Now, at this point, they did not charge Rachel because they wanted to get Sheila. Gotcha. They knew that Sheila would want to meet up with Rachel, so they put Rachel's room under surveillance and had Sheila come over. Unfortunately, Sheila did not say anything incriminating at this point. Dang it. Two weeks later, on January 16th, the police returned to where Rachel had said that Skylar's body was with a canine unit. The snow was pretty much gone at this point. Um, however, these girls had really hidden the body well. The canine officer actually found a body after he picked up a GPS monitor that had fallen off the dog and found skeletal remains under a pile of branches. So he went to wow. like pick it up and there was skeletal remains. Wow. This was six months Gosh. after Skylar had disappeared. Over the next few months, Rachel was allowed to roam free while the investigators gathered evidence against her and Sheila. At this time, Sheila is still in the dark that the investigators actually know what happened to Skylar. There were several tweets sent out from both girls talking about how much they miss Skylar and that (sighs) what had, which I mean, just makes my skin crawl and blood boil and I want to throw up uh, because these I, both of them, even though Rachel, I think, has more of a conscience than Sheila, are both horrific human beings. Absolutely. They are garbage people. Like, awful, awful human yeah. beings. So they're sending out all these tweets about how they miss her and that what happened to her, you know, that it's just such a tragedy that she's missing. Because at this point, they haven't released that her body has been found. Police and Sheila's still playing the role. Oh, Sheila's very much, like, playing the, oh, my friend's missing. Somebody help. Kind of just being a shit stain on society. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) both girls are being homeschooled at this time for their own protection against 
bullies bullying and everything which i think they deserved um they're gonna find it a lot more in prison Mm -hmm. and also to protect other students from them yeah no kidding since you know so rachel knows that point but sheila does not gotcha and they've pretty much had rachel you don't talk to her yeah they've had them both yeah very much like not talking to each other Sheila met with her attorney on January 3rd, where the attorney must have told her that Rachel had talked to someone because she started to panic and send out tweets that said, quote, first time I've ever been completely speechless, end quote. On January 4th, police served a search warrant for Sheila's house and her car and every knife the family owned. Oh my God. A news station at this point also publishes a report about an unidentified body found in the woods in Brave. So Skylar still hasn't been still hasn't been released at that Skylar. Gotcha. Sheila didn't seem too bothered by any of this though. Of course uh, not. She sent out several tweets about being bored at home and watching reruns of Law and Order. Oh, how ironic! <laughs> Rachel actually got back together with her ex-boyfriend at the time. Uh, on Skylar's birthday, which this part makes me, I mm, makes me want to vomit. Um, on Skylar's birthday, on February tenth, Rachel tweeted out "Happy birthday, Skylar," and then later tweeted, "I hate the shit I think about at night." Hope you do. Like boohoo, sorry for you that your life's falling apart. You killed somebody. Sucks for you. You know, I hope that it haunts you. Yeah. I hope that every night is horrible for you. Yeah. Because you took someone's life. You literally murdered your best friend. Yeah. Someone who trusted you. Yeah. You're a garbage person. On March 13th, the police announced that the body in the woods was that of Skylar. The FBI had verified the remains were hers. So it took, you know, a little while because they were skeletal remains. Right. Wanted to be sure. DNA. DNA. The public was not told anything about the circumstances of her death, though. Her parents, Dave and Mary, were aware that they were aware of Rachel's confession. They knew everything, but had kept it quiet so the police could build their case, which I'm, I cannot even so imagine. Hard. Oh, my God, the anger that you would feel. Like, how did they not just, I mean, I know she's technically a child, but how did they not just go out and, like, murder Sheila? Yeah. And Rachel for that matter like how did those parents not i'd just be so angry i cannot even imagine the day that it was announced that that was sheila or that that was skylar's body found sheila tweeted which again makes me want to vomit quote rest easy skylar you'll always be my best friend oh Yeah, (laughs) he's having a physical reaction. Makes me so mad. Rachel tweeted out, quote, rest in peace, baby. I love you and I miss you more than anything. May you finally have justice. End quote. She's about to. (laughs) Right? Oh, Rachel. Yeah, she's about to because you and your little friend are going down. Ew. Gross. That's gross. Gross. They're just gross. Totally. Just a lot. On May 1st, Rachel turned herself in, which had been agreed on, I guess, when she confessed. Yeah. They agreed, like, hey, you're going to come in and, like, you have to turn yourself in on this day. Uh, She was transferred from juvenile status to adult status 
because uh, this is back before all the raise the age stuff right. was going on to, you know, have 16 and 17 year olds not charged as adults, which in this case, I'm glad they were charged as adults. Me too. Um, so she was transferred to the adult status and then pled guilty to the murder of Skylar. She agreed to testify against Sheila in the trial. Good. In exchange, the prosecution agreed to the recommended 20 years for second degree murder, which could hold up to a 40 year sentence. So the prosecution said, if you testify, you turn yourself in, you confess you're guilty of murder, we will give you the 20 years and have it down to second degree murder. Gotcha. So after the hearing, she was then taken to Northern Regional Juvenile Detention Center in Wheeling. Okay, so, so here's Wheeling. Yes, Wheeling. Yeah. While all this was happening, Sheila was at the Cracker Barrel <laughs> <laughs> with her mom. <laughs> and and by the way, thank you for putting the preposition in. Yep. At the Cracker Barrel, she was probably maybe even having a hash brown casserole. Maybe it's the best thing at the Cracker Barrel. Oh my God, yes. She better be eating because prison food ain't gonna be nice Mm -mm. to you. Enjoy that. Maybe get you something from the gift shop. Maybe Mm -hmm. a little Yankee candle because Dag Nabbit, you can't have that in the cell. Mm -mm. So the police (laughs) drove from Sheila's house where they'd originally been waiting to arrest her because they had called her mom and were like, "Hey, we need to talk to Sheila." Like they were going to be all stealthy. She's like, "Well, we're eating a hash brown casserole at the Cracker Barrel." She said, "Well, you know, I could bring her in later, but we're at the Cracker Barrel." And so they were like, "Great!" So they drive to the Cracker Barrel. Yeah. In the parking lot, and I wish they had just gone in there and arrested her in the middle of her meal, but no, they let her finish her meal and come out to the parking lot. I guess I didn't want to cause a scene. That was really nice. Wait till she gets out into the parking lot and arrest her on murder charges. She was then taken to Lori Yeager Jr. Juvenile Facility in Parkersburg. Four months later, Sheila was also transferred to adult status. Her arraignment was on September 17th, where she pled not guilty to the charges of murder, kidnapping, and conspiracy. Her trial was set for October 22nd. Her behavior in the courtroom was odd, to say the least. She was upbeat and smiling in court. Which, I mean, you can look up the pictures of this bitch. And, like, <laughs> just she is her, a complete narcissist. Like, just, like, smiling and, like, ah, I'm in court. And, like, doing, she made sure, like, she looked good for court. Like, oh narcissist complete gross personality disorder okay yeah i'm diagnosing her left and right oh yeah uh her attorney made several motions to have charges thrown out due to rachel's mental status at the time of the confession because she'd just been released from psychiatric hospital right he also wanted the trial moved out of i can't say this county name where's our friend christy monongalia sure sure county um to have he wanted to have bail set and he wanted to move the trial to a later date the judge denied all of these except for moving the trial date to february 2014 with a pre-trial hearing on january the 24th when january the 24th rolled around and she entered the courtroom uh she had a very different attitude she started sobbing as soon as she oh, sat down. Of course. She would cling to her attorney for support throughout the trial. But only when, like, she'd only cry and say all this stuff when they were talking about, like, her. 
Mm-hmm. Not when they were talking about, like, what had happened to Skylar or when her family spoke. Like, no emotion. She didn't care. Yeah. She has narcissistic personality disorder. Of course. She only cares about herself yeah. in the show. <laughs> yeah. She's Give me like, break. oh, poor me. I'm actually going to jail. Yeah. No hash brown casserole for you, bitch. Nope. Her defense attorney said to the court, which is really telling, I've never heard this before ever, Okay, uh, that he couldn't come up with a reasonable defense with which to challenge the force of Rachel's expected testimony. So the defense attorney was pretty much like, nah, bitch, you done. Oh my, I mean, usually they give it, you know, their... They give it the old college try. <laughs> exactly. Their best effort, you nope. know. But this guy's like, I just wave the white flag. It's like, like, nah. It's like, surrender. You're over. Yeah, you're you're, you're going to fry. Like, Merry bye. Christmas. Uh, wow. Sheila made no statements, showed no remorse, and just said yes or no to questions. Sheila pled guilty to first degree murder. So they wow. didn't even go through the trial at wow. this point. Because they knew it was over. In exchange for her guilty plea, she was sentenced to 15 years to life. So she'll be eligible, technically, could be eligible for parole after 15 years. However, that's not going to happen. Good. I mean, I just, like, can you imagine? I I don't want to. That's terrifying. And actually, that's 2029. Yeah. So. Will be the first time she's eligible for parole. I hope she can get it. After the trial, Skylar's dad said that he would be at every parole hearing to make sure that Sheila never got out. Good. Which, like, I feel awful for her dad because that's now his life. Making sure the bitch that killed his daughter doesn't get out of. And person. your only child. Yeah. Um, I just can't even imagine the pain that these parents are feeling. Mm-hmm. And just the and and I can say it, just the hatred you would have for this person who is so unfeeling. I mean, at least Rachel, yes, she was a participant. Mm-hmm. But at least she has some kind of conscience. At least she steps up and says yeah. yes and admits it. Ugh. Ugh. I'm disgusted. Yeah. I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'm going to have my can wine. Yeah, I drink that can wine. <laughs> I am. At Rachel's sentencing hearing, which was on February 2nd, she actually got up and apologized to Skylar's family. She cried when details of Skylar's final moments were read aloud, and she actually accepted a 30-year sentence for second-degree murder. Um, The judge, as the final ruling in all this, and met in the middle between what the prosecutor had offered and what the niece family wanted. Because, you know, obviously they want her in jail for for 40 40 years. years. And she had, the prosecution had offered her 20, so the judge was like, well, we'll just, you know, make it 30. Yeah. Oh, Skylar's aunt said at the hearing, quote, and I hope that you really and truly regret for what you did, but it would never make any of us feel any better. You can't bring her back. Nope. On absolute flawless prison behavior, Rachel could be released in 10 years. Because of the way it works for good behavior. I guess every good day of good behavior takes a day off of your sentence does it sound weird that i kind of feel for rachel it doesn't because i in a way i do as well i think still think she's a horrible person right but at the same time i think 
she and I heard another podcast say this in a camera now who it was that Rachel was the one who was like I mean she was obviously involved in the planning but I think even up to the point when they stabbed her Rachel probably thought this was never going to happen I think that this is just evident this is evident to me that Sheila was running the show the whole time. She told Rachel what they were going to do, when they were going to do it, and Rachel yeah. just kind of followed her like a sheep. So, yeah. yeah, this goes back to the old adage of choose your friends wisely. Mm-hmm. However, yes, she participated in this. So I do have that back and forth of she was kind of a sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, do I feel like if she got out and – 10 years or whatever that she would go and do this again no i don't think so i think that she would live her life feeling remorseful um sheila i think sheila would stab you for a dollar not think a thing oh of it. yeah i think rachel is one of these that we might see get out and mm-hmm. and actually make something or have life. a life yeah i think she deserves to spend every day of those 30 years where she is and thinking about exactly what she did but i think yeah, I think you're right with Sheila. They need to just keep her locked up and throw away the key. Yeah, she's a sick person. Both Rachel and Sheila are currently at Lakin Correctional Center. So they're at the same prison. Ugh. I doubt they talk, though. I mean, it's not like they're roommates. Right. But yeah, that would be awkward. Yeah. But I do want to say there is a really good site where I got all my information from. Um, it's... Actually, the name of the site is SkylarNiceMurder.com. And it is just a whole website dedicated to this case. It breaks down, you know, everything really well. It covers, you know, the whole thing from start to finish really well. So I would definitely recommend hmm. checking that out. And you can see the tweets there and gotcha. photos and okay. things. So look at that. I'll definitely check that out. But Wow, that was a cool story. That's the story That's of Skylarnice. It's a real bummer. <laughs> you you bring on the bummers, but do. I do I do uh, like your stories. Yeah, this was kind it's of a longer awesome. one, but yeah. I definitely wanted to tell it because I think I went through uh, two cans of wine, but yeah. it's okay, and half a bottle of water. Yeah, I just think Skylar. I can't imagine like what kind of person she would have been. Just so much potential, yeah. and and you know, I mean, she would have been twenty five years old now. Yeah. Like college graduate and mm-hmm. living life like in her career and doing her thing, yeah. you know, being like a full adult. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does. It, super it really sucks. does. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad for once in a lot of the stories that we tell are cold cases. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that justice has been served. Yeah, definitely. Or is currently being served. Yeah, makes me feel good. Well, mm. on that happy note, happy should we give note. a shout out? We should. Actually, while I'm looking up the shout out, do you want to uh, tell them how they can get in touch with us? Yeah. So you guys can send us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. You can find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachian and find us on Patreon at... Mountain. Nope. Nope. I'm going to remember Patreons at some point. It's patreon.com slash mountain mysteries. Hey. You got it. Well, and thank you guys so much for supporting us. We yeah. really appreciate that. Thanks. So 
you know, tell your friends, help support us, and um, we can continue to bring you more stories. Yeah, and from, like, cool locations. Exactly, even outside the mountains. (laughs) So I do have a shout-out, and I hope I'm saying this right. Kyleen, Texas. Kyleen, Texas. Yep. Thank you, Kyleen, Texas. Thanks, Texas. Yeah. We appreciate you. Exactly. We do. We love you guys. All right, Haley, that was episode 48. Um, Join Mm -hmm. us next week for the magical episode 49. Do you know we are so close to 50? I'm telling you we're going to have to do something magical for 50. It's crazy. It's going to be great. Whoa. You just wait, you guys. (laughs) All right, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.